0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio's food, wine, and travel show, where we go across country and travel the world with members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Let's go. welcome everybody today we're going to be talking about Amtrak travel uh really this is something we a lot of us have done cruise lines we've done uh trains rail travel we love that too but Amtrak is something that we've been going hey this is a way to travel the country not have to drive um apparently they even have wi-fi on board there's food and snacks and you can get off at different destinations. It may be a whole new way of road tripping. Who knows? We're going to find out all about it today. We have David Chriso joining us. He is a travel writer and lecturer. You can go to his website, dektraveljournal.com. But welcome, David. How are you?
1: How are you doing, Lisa?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Amtrak travel. like This seems to be a very cool way to get around the country. In fact, I know couple of friends I've actually picked them up at Amtrak depots and things like that and they're like you know it's it depends on like you could actually get it's almost like booking an a, a airplane ticket in a way about what level of luxury you want right
1: yes and it, you know, I've been an Amtrak traveler since I was five years old I've been an Amtrak guest awards member since 2001 Uh, I've been taking the train to and from college my entire four years and even during my alumni years. And, uh, you know, I went to college in Rhode Island in in Newport and getting on and off in Kingston, which is a historic depot. And um, it's just there's such an aura to train travel as opposed to the airlines and driving and other modes of getting around the country. It's there's something special about it.
0: Mm. So is it actually a train? Like when we think about, it, I always thought it was like not quite the train, but it's a train. It is a train, huh?
1: Yes, it. But uh, Antrack adds an aura to it. It, it. Their onboard service has been amazing. Uh, the, the staff is far friendlier than the, than the than the airlines themselves. If you're on a plane and you got knocked into by the by the stewardess carts. yeah, that puts a mark on you, but, um, you know, just sometimes you're not, you're not surrounded by friendly service on the planes, but when you're on the train, everyone is very welcoming. Everyone's very helpful. Um, and it it just gives that that sense that you belong on board.
0: Yeah. So, I I mean, I think every destination is different. Every person in service staff is different and, I mean, we've been on plane rides that have been positive. Um, but I also think there's some, like, I think it's a nostalgia thing in a way with train travel. Yet at the same time, our country is going through some, and not just our country, but the world, but the world, and depending on where you are in the world, um, has modified. I mean, I'm trying to think even from when we lived in Africa to being in Europe, train travel was a, normal way of travel and our country had that as a normal way then kind of got into cars and everything and of course there's air travel but it's kind of interesting as now with climate change and sustainability being at the forefront of what we do as travelers and and as the tourism destinations I think that Amtrak is kind of at that point of it's nostalgia but it's also something that we could look on to being a better, more sustainable traveler. What, what would you say on that? But it is nostalgic in a way because of the the car industry.
1: The the one remark I must share with you is that I've been to Italy. Uh, My mom's relatives live in Northern Italy near Milan and I've been to Rome, been to Florence, um, you know, all by train. I've been on the, on uh, on the Italian high-speed train, the Pendolino, which which Amtrak's Acela is loosely based on. And you know, in Europe, all across Europe, passenger travel takes precedence over freight train, over freight train travel, and you know, the freight service should, takes the back seat. Here in the U.S., freight takes presence over passenger. So if you're traveling outside the Northeast Carter route and in between Boston and Washington, if you're heading down to Point South, uh, once you're past Washington, D.C., you're on freight tracks. And Or even if you're going out to Pittsburgh on the Pennsylvania, uh, you're also on freight tracks. So mm-hmm. if a freight train needs to get around you, yeah, your train's got to stop and wait. But um you just hope that doesn't have to happen, but still, uh, getting around by the train is always the best way to go.
0: Well, In the train, too, I mean, you get to see the scenery of towns and communities. Sometimes you go through cities, rural areas, industrial areas, um, and, you know, like I was saying, you know, we're not taking cars, so it's a little bit more sustainable that so many more people can be in one place going somewhere. But does it for you, like, as a kid, I know you've been traveling since a kid, cruise lines, Amtrak, all of that. Do you kind of get that excitement of, like, I'm going on a train journey. Who knows? I can just sit at the window and look out. Do you get that excitement? I always,
1: I always look forward to it. Always. Because my last train trip, I, I just went up to Kingston, Rhode Island. I went to visit my alma mater, salve Virginia University in Newport. Uh, they were having a Christmas alumni function on campus. And it was my first time back on campus at Christmas time in 24 years. And um, Newport is a gorgeous town during the uh, Christmas time. And taking the train up there and just seeing the New England countryside just, you know, at this time of the year, it, there's just a, there's an aura to it. I'll say it mm-hmm. again. it's it, Winter time on the train is there's a special feel to it, it hmm. and when you're looking out that window, you really feel it.
0: Hmm. that's interesting. And then when you think about too, getting to the destinations that you're going to hop off of, I think it's a little easier now. I mean, you you got to think back in old school rail days, and I always talk about it because I know people who are into trains and train travel. Like this is a very dedicated. Group of folks that are like a hundred percent in or more beyond that, right, and I know that um, train train rail historians it's like I mean you've got to think of it shaped America you know in a in a yes. in a different way. it changed I don't say shaped but changed how we got things, how industry and the industrial revolution happened um it changed things on how you know the East got to the west. I mean, even our national park system that we have today wouldn't be in existence without rail because of the artists like Thomas Moran, but to take his paintings across the country back east to show people, hey, this is what we are seeing in Yosemite and Yellowstone and took these giant paintings and was only by rail to get there uh, that he could show those and. Um, it was, you know, because photography wasn't that quick at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like what we yeah. have now. So You didn't training, have social media. No, no, we didn't have all that. And it was so, you know, it's such a huge part of, I, I know even mining camps, of uh, like Tombstone, Arizona, where the OK Corral shooting happened, right? Very famous shooting, shoot up happened of the old Wild West. But they were sitting in tents eating oysters from San Francisco. And that's because of the train system. And then there were towns in the West that even changed their name, like Yarrington, Nevada changed their name to Yarrington to try to pander to Yarrington, Mr. Yarrington using his name to get him to bring the train to their town. You know, so it's kind of interesting when we look at the history of railroads and how, you know, communities really wanted it. Didn't they to get them there? And so now, here we are with Amtrak, where you can literally do a road trip, like a rail trip across America. I think you could plan it as a yeah, family. You can,
1: you can, you can go to Amtrakvacations.com dot com, and there are a whole series of inclusive packages available. You can go to New York City, you can go to uh, the Grand Canyon, you can go anywhere in the country where these natural wonders are located. And they're all inclusive packages and the 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 train tickets included uh, and and whichever one that fits and floats your boat uh, go right ahead and you can just book it and you're all set to go.
0: you know too you know the other thing um so they have these packages, right? but then the national Park service i re- how I kind of got well, there's a couple of reasons I got into the whole idea of Amtrak was some of the where we started our magazine. Like almost 30 years ago was in Encinitas, California, out in mm-hmm. you know uh, San Diego area. And they have an Amtrak station. And then there was a bullet train coming through and people are all like hesitant. But um, it also worked. I mean, people could come in and Carlsbad, I think, has a depot. Um, I'm trying to think back. But people could come into a historic downtown community. Literally walk off the train and be in a downtown where there's hotels, where there's shopping, restaurants, not even have to get a car. Back in those days, we had to do cabs, not Ubers. But you've got to think now, even if you're not doing the special packages, you can get to a destination, get your luggage and get an Uber or, you know, whatever. Pretty easy, right?
1: Yeah, I remember when my back in uh, April 1990, my family, we were, we went to Las Vegas and then we flew to San Diego. And then from San Diego, we took Amtrak San Diegan uh, from San Diego Union Station. We went from there to Fullerton, which is just minutes outside Disneyland. And then and we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel and flew home from LAX. Uh, but I tell you, San Diego Station is a beautiful station. Um, and Mm. I, that was, that was a station I, I've never seen in a long time. It's one of those Spanish themed Mm -hmm. stations of the West. And I'm, you know, I've seen Chicago Union Station. I've been to Newark Penn, been to Washington's Union Station. But, uh, to seeing the stations out there in the West, there, there's a special feel to them. There's a, there's a, there's a flavor that they really sport.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, because it is a Western style and sometimes it's Spanish, like Hacienda style. And, um, it's, and it was exactly. back in the day, we had the plazas, you know, when a train depot came through, it was a plaza and, um, Tucson, Arizona was one of the, our friends came through there and picked him up from Amtrak. He came in from near the Bay Area, um, on Amtrak to Tucson and I picked him up. Took, he was about to hike the, uh, Arizona trail. And, um, so we picked him up early in the morning, cussed him out for how early it was, but it was okay. Um, and he's just like, I met all these people on this train and this and that. And he had all kinds of train stories. So does that happen for you as a travel writer? Like seeing what happens on a train? Because, you know, you're not driving. You kind of succumb to you're not in control of things and at that time you know that you're there as a passenger to enjoy and trust in in what's going to happen and do you see people kind of relax and start to communicate as fellow travelers oh yeah
1: definitely and i i think the i think the number one the 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 best thing about train travel versus the air versus the airplane is three words no cabin pressure Mm. You know when you know that, that when they pressurize the cabin. So when you're at a high altitude, and then when you're landing, your ears hurt. That doesn't happen when you're on the train. When you're when you're arriving at your destination, your ears don't hurt. That's the best mm. part. I mean, you're going from point to point without any pain in your ears.
0: Do people communicate with each other and and talk?
1: And it, it depends on who you, who's nearby. Um, I. And I like the quietness on, on the train now. Wow. I, it, it's just that, because, you know, you can be in one car where you have maybe 10 rows ahead of you with nobody in there. You can have maybe three more rows of nobody behind you, but that's probably fine. Mm. Probably so, fine. I mean, you can have really, you can have a very busy travel day like Christmas or Thanksgiving where you have a full car, but at other times of the year, you, you, you may have a half full car and it just makes the trip all that more pleasurable.
0: Mm, nice. And then, okay. So I've heard that you can have wifi aboard. Is that true?
1: Yes, there is.
0: No way, dude. So I could sit like our whole, tr- you know, Nancy and I travel full time across the country. We're in the car. So like you, we could just, because we've said this, what if we just ditch the car? Like, and I can't say that because she's a good car and, and she's listening to me. <laughs> I know I, you know, I have a relationship with my car, but, and just went am tracking, We've said this, like, what if, what would that look like if we just said, Hey, we're Amtrak and get an Uber or go rent a car when you get to a destination. Like we could do that and work as we travel instead of me driving. Do you think that that could actually be a possibility?
1: Oh yeah, I, I I can't doubt that because some time ago I had this grandiose idea of of a of a coast to coast and a coast to coast and back uh, journey that I had in mind, taking the Lake Shore Limited from New York City Penn Station to Chicago overnight, and then getting off at Union Station Chicago, switching over to the Southwest Chief to go from Chicago to Los Angeles and then possibly stay overnight in LA and then take the coast star life from LA to Seattle and get off in Seattle, stay overnight again and then take the empire builder and go Seattle, Chicago, and then stay overnight again in Chicago, rest the legs a little bit and then uh, go from Chicago to Washington on the Capitol limited. And then uh, once arriving in Washington, take a Northeast regional or a a train back to Newark, New Jersey, which is near my home. So it's oh, like a wow. 10 day trip.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, cause I, I was looking at going like, Hmm, you know, we go through all kinds of hurdles on the road and, and then it's like, Hey, you, you're on there, but what are the facilities like? Okay. Cause you have two posts on your site right now that people can go read just on the food and drink. I mean, you can have your wine and your cheese on the Amtrak. I'm just saying, from what I can get <laughs> right. from David's articles, you can go to dektraveljournal.com. So, like, we can be well fed and and wine on on the Amtrak, right?
1: Yes, I. I the cafe cars they have the, the cafe car has an extensive menu, and I my personal favorite is the cheese and cracker tray. And you can chase that down with a small bottle of covet or whatever wine selection they have, or one of their beers on board, and you're you're, you're you got made there. It, or choose from a whole series of sandwiches that they have on the menu. My other i my other suggestion to to passengers out there, if you've not been. If you've ever been traveling on any other route, like on the Vermonter, or, on, or if you're going on a really long, all day, long distance run, okay, the cafe car doesn't have to be your best friend the whole time. What you should do is pack additional nourishment. You know, go to your local supermarket, go to the deli case, um, and fill mm-hmm. up on all those little meat and cheese morsel things and take the, and Bring that in a refrigerator in a, in a cooler bag with a with with an ice pack, and have and keep that in a, you know nearby your luggage. And when you get to your destination, make sure you look for another supermarket or convenience place and restock for the trip home.
0: Oh wow! So you're allowed because to bring food on board? Like honestly,
1: you you the- can because because when I went to Penn, when I went to Pittsburgh. Now, I knew I was gonna be on that train for nine hours, you know, in both directions. So I, I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of other stuff available.
0: Okay, so that's cool. Though. So
1: uh, you should always always just uh, you know bring additional stuff with you because the cafe car, you know, um, it doesn't have it, it. You know, it does have plenty of choices, but uh, you know. Supplies do run low. Also, let's say you have medical needs or dietary needs, that's why you should bring your own nourishment. Mm -hmm. And more so, also when you are changing engines somewhere, like if you're going to points south of Washington or if you're changing engines in New Haven, Connecticut, and you're going to uh, St. Albans, Vermont, where you're going to the slopes, or wherever you may be, changing engine power from electric to diesel, diesel electric. In, in that sense, uh, you know, when they when they change engines, the the power throughout the train goes out for at least twenty minutes. So the cafe car, they make the announcement that the cafe car is not going to be available for that amount of time. They're going to shut it down. They're going to close it down for inventory purposes. And also, when they're changing engines, that there's no power throughout the throughout the train contest until the train's ready to depart again. So, unless you want to go into the station and go to one of the restaurants and take something to go, you can do that, but at your own risk, because uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to go back to the tracks and see that your train's gone. You well, want to make sure that yeah. you.
0: Yeah, this is, this is, yeah,
1: have your stuff with you.
0: Yeah, that's important that you say this too, because I think, you know, there's people I know that are diabetic and they need to do things at a certain time. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? Food wise or, you know, medical wise, not just diabetics, you know, but there's people who have to have timely things, but when they're changing engines, like you say, are you getting off the actual train itself and moving to a different train?
1: No, you're changing engines. You stay on board, but when you know when you're changing engines, like if you're going from once you get to a certain point where you hear the the electric engine, they can only go to a point to a certain point, and huh. then the rest of the route is diesel powered.
0: See, but I that, think a lot of I'm us don't about. realize that they're electric engines. You know what I mean? Like yeah,
1: between so Boston have- and Washington, between Boston and Washington, uh, the trains are run on electric power and, and then on all the, all the routes, they're diesel powered. So when you're, if you're changing engines and you're going to Philadelphia and going to Pittsburgh on the Pennsylvania and you're changing engines in Philadelphia at 30th street station or even at Union station, Washington, when they're changing, when they're changing engine power, You want to stay in the train, do not wander far, and that's why you should just have your own bag of nourishment with you and don't wander far from the train because uh, the the train will leave on time.
0: Uh, Like cruise ships do that, too. If you don't get back on the boat, Uh, you're you're too bad. You know, have some responsibility uh, as a traveler, right? (laughs)
1: Well, I've been working in the travel and the cruise line industry for 14 years part-time. I, I work at the cruise terminal in New York City. I've worked at the Cape Willie terminal in Bayonne and I've I've seen guests showing up at the terminal too close to too close to call thinking that they're going to get on board. But no, if you're not there by at least an hour prior to sailing, you're done.
0: Wow. Wow. So it's hardcore real. I know. We and almost we, we almost missed our cruise in in the Bahamas. We got delayed on something, and I, we were having too much of a good time, being typical happy travelers. Oh. Um, we were having a same good time. Th-
1: same thing when you're at Ports of Call. If you're not back on board when at least an hour prior, no. they, they tell you to be on board at least 30 minutes. You want to be back yeah. on board at least about an hour before. You know, not give yourself we, time.
0: Yeah, we had to run. We were running to get back on our ship, like running as they were about to like ring that bell. Like we were that split second and boy, did we feel like idiots. Like we really felt like we're so stupid because you can't, you can't, um, things run on schedule and yes, things can happen and delay things like weather and and technical issues and things like that. But human traveler changing things, that's not cool. Um, they're not going to because the whole system derails. It's a, it's a, um, I don't like to say that word. That was not the right word, but it is a ripple effect because everything has a system, especially on the rails more than anything because there's only so many rails, right? So if you're, if yeah. you delay one trip train, the next train is delayed, right? So it, it kind of has that yeah. ripple
1: effect. Early this morning, a gasoline tanker uh, on the highway right near my home, uh, it crashed into a pole and blew up, and the flames and the smoke, and uh, it, it, the smoke was getting in the way of the trains on the on the Jersey Transit uh, line right nearby, so trains were delayed just because of that fire.
0: And that's going to, but it's going to delay everybody in travel. I don't care if you're flying, you know what I mean? That's the thing. I don't want, I you know, it's not, don't not do train travel over what we're talking about. We're saying that's a normal thing, but the same as an airplane and in your car, oh my gosh, you could be on, and you know, we travel full time and half of the time it's like, oh 15 more minutes to your destination. And it takes you six hours because of a car accident ahead of you. And if you're lucky to sit in the six hours, you should be saying your prayers and being blessed because you didn't, you know, you weren't in the wreck, you know? So a delay, sometimes you've got to be thankful for delays as travelers. We always look at that as much as we, you know, kind of cuss under our breath, honestly, be grateful that you weren't in the actual
1: issue exactly that way.
0: well right?
1: uh, um i just remember my family we drove to washington dc in the fall of 87 and and since then we look back at that mm-hmm. never again that i mean that was uh that was absolute hell because we thought like oh it's gonna be four hours yeah it took us seven and a half because we got caught up in traffic in philadelphia got caught up in traffic in the Baltimore metropolitan area and it just slowed you down longer than it was gonna speed you up. Yeah. So uh our next train down da- our next ride down, our next our trip down was on the Metroliner uh Memorial Day weekend of eighty eight. And I tell you, that was a far better experience than being caught in traffic.
0: Yeah, at least you're cozy. That's the thing. You're cozy. You know, if you're on on a train you're kind of, you've got like, you're set up, you're cozy versus packed up in a car. You can't go to the bathroom. Let's just be real. If you're <laughs> in a car, if you're say, listen, I've, listen, I've seen some weird stuff on the road and, you know, you, and all of a sudden you think, oh. I got to go to the next rest area or I got to go pee at the next gas station. Well, guess what? Now you are going to sit in a delay and you're sitting there and you're going, how long can this last? On a train, you can at least go to the bathroom, right?
1: <laughs> you yeah. know,
0: that that's I i know that sounds funny and weird. But listen, as travelers, we deal with this kind of thing because it's not like you're at home. You can't just get up and go to the bathroom. And, and that's the reality of travel right. is being, I know people are going, why are we talking about this on the air? Well, it's real. It's absolutely. The, the, a the fun thing. part is when
1: you're using the restrooms on board, you have to sort of learn how to keep yourself still.
0: Oh, on the train. Because
1: when, you, when you're going over switch points or what they call frogs, <laughs> uh, you, you know, those vibrations can kind of cause you to lose your footing a little bit. So you have to, you got to try to, Keep your keep your footing and keep your aim. <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> Well, I think for you guys, that's gonna be a little harder than us ladies, but then at the same time, that's funny. because it is true, but that's the joy of travel, right? is having the you've given me the giggles for the day now, David, like seriously. What got you started in, I mean, obviously you and your family growing up, you you've done a lot of travel, be it train, travel, cruises. But what led you to go, hey, I'm gonna start writing about this and you know being a speaker? What what led you into that arena?
1: It all started in August twenty eleven. I remember I remember being a member of Amtrak's uh, student advantage program when I was in college. And as long as you're a member, you get ten percent off on your on your ticket fare when you're, when you're a college student. So it was August of that year. I thought of, you know, college, you know, the high school kids, they just graduated, they're heading to college for the first time. They need to know about this program before they go spending top dollar on their fare. They should know, they should know about this program so that way they could save on every trip that they make to and from home. Mm. So uh, I wrote cool. this story for my hometown newspaper called the Observer. It's no longer around, but the but the story was a smash hit, and everybody around town was talking about it. And and uh, everyone I was when I was going on a walk, and everyone's like, "Hey, look, it's a journalist." Oh. So uh, everyone read that story. Everyone who was described to the observer around home, around my town, uh, everyone was saying, nice work, dude.
0: So people got... You got I kind of opened yeah. eyes on that. Yeah, it kind of let you know where you're some worth, you know, value of what you put out there because you were helping people. And so you obviously got value of... Um, helping people through writing and letting them know insights and knowledge about it. But it seems that you've been a fan of Amtrak for almost your whole life. I mean, it seems to
1: yeah, really I, my,
0: run in your body, you know, literally.
1: It, it all started with, with my, my dad went to college in, uh, in the, in the DC area. He went to the university of Maryland for undergrad and then he got his medical degree at Georgetown. And then, um, Back in nineteen eighty four, I believe my parents took my brother and I to Washington for the Washington for the very first time, and uh, I tell you it was a wonderful experience. And I remember that very morning we were at Newark Penn Station here in New Jersey, and just before our train pulls through, uh, uh, one of Pennsylvania's old GG ones rolled through the station, and it was it was a uh, happening. Mm. It
0: was
1: it was just. If you ever seen the GG1 it's a beautiful engine it's it's the it's one of the most spoken about locomotives in American railroad history and um huh. it, it ran on the rails for 53 years and um but I tell you but Union Station is one of my favorite stations ever it's you know Washington uh Union Station it's beautiful and um you know do, so do you
0: get when you go to a station, right? So, you know, we've covered a lot, like gone to a lot of stations. And things have happened over the years to stations. And there is something. There was one in Erie, Pennsylvania we were uh, a few years back during COVID, right? And the station mm-hmm. area actually became like a set of build. It was They kept the building, the depot. And um there's a brewery that opened up there, which was very cool. And we interviewed the guy while we were there. We we got, I mean, you know, the people that came through this station, that's why I bring it up with you. Lincoln came through his. uh, Babe Ruth came through there. And they had paintings to represent them. And he tried really hard to keep the history of this station there. And that's where it kind of made me really think about these stations, like Amtrak. And, you know, it's just when you're in these stations, the one in Tucson where we were waiting for our friend a few years back, I remember going, God, if only we knew everyone who came through these stations. And sometimes historians know. And, you know, Lincoln famously, you know, his body went through on a train across the country. You know, Um it was like a traveling wake for Abraham Lincoln. So I wonder mm-hmm. about that. When you go to these stations, which are sometimes so elaborate, right? The architecture, like in the West, it's more like the mission style of what the West is. And then you've got also the history of like the Harvey House girls and hospitality. So we've got this hospitality, like these stations represent tourism throughout these years, right? This history, it's a history of tourism and hospitality, the Harvey House girls to me are are like a whole other fascinating history of that. But like when you're in these stations, do you think about who walked through these stations at times in history? Like that nostalgia?
1: Not much, but I, I, I tell you, I'm being at Kingston station. I have memories of the station when I first saw it, when I was a freshman in college, the place was an absolute dive. It was it was gaudy. It was skeevy looking. It was run down. Hmm. And then they finally started, you know, they started renovations on the station itself. And that's when they started reconstructing the the whole that whole northern area, of the Northeast Carter, and to, to get that line electrified uh, for pretty when the cell was coming around. And um, so they they kind they, they revitalized the station. It Looks beautiful now. And and it's and you can finally sit in the waiting room. Back then, you couldn't. It was disgusting. But um, one one other station that uh, that that really I, I urge anyone to visit is New York City's new Penn Station, the Moynihan Train Hall. If if you ever visited New York City, you know in the old Penn, in the Penn Station that you know after they tore down the old Penn Station that which was built in 1913 and it was torn down in the mid sixties. But then from that point on, you know, the, the station that was there for 53 years underneath Madison square garden, it was gaudy. It was crowded. It was cramped. It didn't feel like a station at all. It was just you. And, uh, it was just a joke. Everyone, are you kidding me? This is what they, this is what they envisioned. Well, finally in, January 2021, they completed the new station, which is in the old uh, Farley Post Office, way across from Madison Square Garden, and uh, it's a train station. Finally, it's a it's a train station that New York has long overdue for. Long Island Railroad and Amtrak both share it, and NJ Transit operates from a different from its original wing underneath Madison Square Garden with a connecting walking corridor underneath 8th Avenue, but still. Uh, the new Penn Station, Moynihan Hall, is gorgeous. It, it's got a large uh, waiting area. It's, it's got the Metropolitan Lounge upstairs for those who, are, who have uh, sleeping car accommodations. It's like a first-class lounge for all sleeping car and first-class passengers on a cellar. Uh, with a full service buffet, a cash bar, charging stations for for electronic devices, luggage storage space. Oh my god, Lisa! It, I visited this with my brother um, not long ago. Wow, cool! This is, I mean, that's that is a station that what a station should be.
0: That's cool to it's, hear. It's, yeah.
1: It's a it's, it's a train terminal with all the modern luxury you imagined.
0: I think it's important, and I think we want Wi-Fi everywhere as travelers. We want Wi-Fi, you know, um, because honestly, if there's no Wi-Fi, half the time you don't have data either. <laughs> That's what I've learned. It's like your phone doesn't work if they don't put a tower in there. Um, so is connectivity good when you're in these, you know, depots and and waiting for your next train is the connectivity usually okay i mean oh, even yeah. just it's basics you know i'm not i'm not saying that we should be able to
1: it's not the, you know, it's it's not the it's not the hope diamond but you're getting decent service
0: as i'm saying at least to just get by check a couple emails that kind of thing I'm not saying, hey, we're going to produce a, ma- a major video or something um, on on a train, but I kind of find it fascinating. I mean, d- now, do you watch train movies, like movies with people on trains? I have a like-
1: whole collection. I used to get. I used to get. I um, knew it. <laughs> I I'm, I used to get these train videos from a from a train film uh, publication company called Pen and I had, I had this one video on Chicago Railroads, one on the Northeast Corridor, one on the Empire Corridor, on Antrax Empire Corridor, um, a cab ride on Anthrax Antrax Metroliner, uh, Santa Fe's Mojave Division. Uh, oh, wow,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, I oh. had at least 40 videos.
0: Okay, the Mojave. So, Kelso Depot. Kelso Depot. I right? believe
1: so. And and to Hatchapi Loop out in
0: the west. You know, back in the day, like so Kelso Depot is out in the Mojave Desert. And um, it right. is between you can go from twenty nine palms up to Vegas through there and there's this depot. It is part of the Mojave Um National Trails Recreation Area. So it's part of our National Park Service and BLM land and everything. And when you are there, and the Harvey House girls were out there years ago, and this is all a huge part very close to Death Valley and everything. And when you are there, we actually went to the dedication of this being the deep, they redeveloped the depot. They uh, revamped it and restored it and um, put in a visitor center kind of thing uh, for the National Park Service. And at that time, what was crazy is the outside of the depot, like literally where the tracks are, is a jail cell. And <laughs> no, there is. And the cell is outdoors. So if you were a criminal and you were back in the old school days of travel, they would hold you up in this jail cell. And I'm looking at this going, I know this I know this land very well. I'm, I'm, you know, a park person. I'm, a, you know, lived in the desert and you had scorpions, you had snakes w- w- would do whatever the heck they wanted but you're talking temperatures that are death valley temperatures. And no matter end in the when it's winter, dude, you're done. But that's where they helped them. And so to me this was like this. Everybody's like, "Oh, how lovely. We're going to go through the desert. Have a lovely drive to the desert and see this depot." And I'm going, "Dude, look at this. Like this is what they did back then." I mean, it's pretty amazing the history that goes on with railroads because what they had to have a holding cell. It wasn't, you know, but people would have to spend overnight because you're in the middle of nowhere at that time. I mean, now we've changed up things a whole bunch, but the movies, the things of what the, the rail history, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's a rabbit hole, man. I feel like it. I'm I'm that way about historic things. And when you can... Ride these rails that were put up so long ago and obviously maintained right um, I think there's something very special that's what you talk about the aura at the beginning of the show, David. I think it's it's nostalgia and it's where the past and the present meet everything now in the present moment when you're traveling. I think there's something very special, whereas when you're in an airplane. You know, people have flown through those skies, but you don't know what their tracks are. Historic highways have the same kind of feel as a train route. And then you got to think about why those train routes were there, those rails. Who built them? Why? What was going on? Why? Why are these depots built here, there, and everywhere? Don't start me. <laughs> I need to get on an Amtrak, apparently. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. You sound like it too. I know. I do. I want to. I, I mean, because. All of it is, it brought such prestige to towns across this country to have a railroad depot. And it wasn't just, it was supplies, um, you know, it was supplies and, you know, God, when you think about even the mining towns of the West, that's how the ore, that was one of the prime reasons of rail was the ore in the west all the minerals and the you know the gold and the silver and all of that and then it was it yeah people and everything but i mean when you think about what it is today and now you can be sitting on amtrak having a glass of wine and eating some cheese or snacks and whatever and looking at beautiful views and not having to drive i'm like that's pretty darn cool don't you think (laughs) i know you think that it is Absolutely amazing. So, where's your next destina- destination on a nab track?
1: Well, right now that is up in the air. Uh, for some time, I was talking. I was talking about going to Savannah, Georgia, but that may be- have to hold up. And again, I'm not sure. But uh, it all depends on what the magazines think about my story pitches that I sent them. Uh, I just uh, again. Uh, Peasant Train Journal. They uh, they they wanted me to do a Trailblazer piece on Intraco Palmetto from Newark to Savannah. That's one thing, but uh, I'm p- I'm pitching stories about the Georgia Queen Riverboat. Also, there's a uh, a new haunted attraction in Savannah called Savannah Underground. It's a it's a theatrical reenactment of the darkest hauntings from around town.
0: Oh wow! And, and a, you know that and, whole area is haunted. It is. It is. It yes, is haunted. Yes,
1: and there's also a relatively uh, new haunted uh, tour called Dead of Night, which you uh, visit uh, some of the darkest haunted places around town. Mm. So, uh, so cool. that's that's what I'm hoping to get some responses on. But you know, it it's all it's all predicated on time.
0: Yeah, well, that's the way that the world of a travel writer, right? And that's part of why we do these shows, too. And uh, I love what the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association does for journalists and for the destinations. How long have you been a member?
1: With the I Guest Awards?
0: No, IFTWA, the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Oh, no,
1: uh, I've been, I've only been a member since 2022.
0: Oh, okay, cool. And so, did have you done any of their webinars or anything like that?
1: No, I have not. I was supposed to do a I was supposed to do a story on a restaurant uh, in Savannah called Alligator Soul, which their their menu selection uh, features alligator meat in much of an entire food selection.
0: Wow! Wow!
1: And. So- um, so when i brought that story idea to their management to the, to the restaurant's management they passed up on the they passed up on the opportunity but maybe they may change their mind this time around we'll see
0: mm-hmm. well i hope i hope you enjoy your your time with uh, with iftwa because i think they do a lot of good things of connecting the writers with the destinations and Everyone, you can go to ifwtwa.org dot org to learn more about the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association. They really do work hard to connect the travel writers with the destinations and people within the destinations, whether it's restaurants, wineries, you name it. And their conference is coming up in September, and that will be up in upstate New York in Corning. Can we take a train there to upstate New York from Where? your area? From they're going to be in Corning and up in um like uh Finger Lakes area. So is there an Amtrak? I guess so. There? There's got to be.
1: I uh, well there's no. there's I know that I know it's like near Buffalo, Rochester.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you got it's doable. It's little, Yeah, it's doable and I mean you have got the Erie Canal out there too. So if there's yes, a that's canal like near, then it's that's be near, a
1: tree. that's between that's between Albany Actually, the best place to to reach the Erie Canal is around Buffalo. There.
0: Mm. Well, everyone, keep that's up with that's... Dave. Go, go ahead. That's That's
1: what. That's, what the, that's you there.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: here. The Erie Canal empties into Lake Erie right around there.
0: hmm And normally, when those kind of when there's a canal, there's going to be a train. I think there always seems to be like if one transportation route is there. It breeds another one, you know. I don't know why because, you know, it's like, oh, we got one. But now it's like, oh, it worked. Let's do two. So there always seems to be a train if there's a a boat thing. I don't know. just seems like that. But um, I didn't build any of it. (laughs) You know, I really respect the way you're traveling with this. I think it's great. The other thing before you go, David, I wanted to say is I think that Amtrak allows people that have limited accessibility to travel. I think that's also another thing to touch on uh, for for travelers, right? Um, if you're elder, maybe even with kids, it, this could be an easier way of travel, right?
1: Well, I'm telling you, it's, it should not be an issue. Amtrak has... Done a lot of improvements to stations to make them more uh, accessible to the elderly and the handicapped. Uh, I know Antrec has uh, has built a brand-new station in Buffalo. Their old Exchange Street station used to be a ground platform. They tore that down. They built a brand-new state-of-the-art station there in downtown Buffalo. That way, when the train comes in, it's a high platform you walk right on. No more having to stoop up and down. Hmm. And um, even in Kingston Station in Rhode Island, uh, it used to be a a ground-level platform. And now the train pulls in, and you have a high platform. You walk right on and off. Makes life easy.
0: Yeah, it does. If you want easy travel, right? I think it's cool. The one thing that really opened my eyes more to Amtrak, too, was that they have a program for um this there's a national historic trail through the national park service called the Juan Bautista de Anza National Historic Trail which that's a rabbit hole for me it is a um expedition that happened before independence in this country uh mm-hmm. and it was when Juan Bautista de Anza took over uh, he was a conquistador from mexico and took over for his dad For it was conquering you know spain wanted in And he led 200 people on foot from 600 miles through Mexico into Tucson, Arizona area, and all the way up to San Francisco on foot. There was only one death, and that was a lady during childbirth, and that was right outside Tucson at uh, San Xavier del Bac Historic Mission. They walked across the desert. They crossed over the lower Colorado River. I've been to just about every spot now it's a it's like like i said it's a rabbit hole passion project and but that's how we got the city of san francisco he claimed it the presidio there and it's just it you know there's such multicultural history that we have this is a national historic trail and in certain months amtrak actually has park rangers do part of that trail park rangers are on Amtrak doing actual presentations on Juan Patisa de Anza and the expedition, which I think is pretty cool that they do that because that is pretty cool, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, the park service gets involved in in these excursions, which is pretty cool if you don't want to drive the whole thing. And I've gone down weird dirt roads and all kinds of things, which that's personally, I love that. But um, honestly, if you want to really explore the history and you can have park rangers who know that history way better than any of us could, um, that's going to be – I've always wanted to do that. Like that's on my bucket list. Some people's bucket lists are going to Peru or something, but that's on my bucket list for me, you know, because I'm so interested in that history of how these people made it and did it looking for this better life and you know their descendants are all through i have the yeah anyway i'll go i'll that's a whole other show but amtrak makes that possible for people and i think that's pretty amazing that they partner with the park service that way the national park service so anyway everyone uh keep up with david go to his website and follow his stories at dektraveljournal.com again the international food wine travel writers association iftw is org. and keep up with us at bigblendradio.com thank you so much david it's been a pleasure
1: it was a true pleasure man to talk to you all out there uh do do keep on going to my website and uh just keep informed. I I add a new article just about every week.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, he does. Go look at it. Uh, so and are you on social media for folks too?
1: Yes. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. And I'm also on Facebook. I have a personal page there.
0: Okay. Well, thanks so much, David. And happy travels to you.
1: You have a great night. And uh, feel better now. Thank you. You take care of yourself.
0: Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show, featuring members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We encourage you to visit their website, we say IFTWA, which is I-F-W-T-W-A dot You can also follow us at BigBlendRadio.com. Happy travels, everyone!